You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. But if we find ourselves opposed by the marginalized because we're actually standing between them and justice or obstructing their path toward a society that recognizes their full humanity, then we need to seriously address why it is that our story is so fundamentally different from the Jesus story that we hold so dear. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 371. Our title this week is Hated by the Right People, and our reading this week is from the Gospel of John. This is John 17, 6 through 19. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your instructions. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the instructions you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name that you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your instruction and the world has hated them for they are not of the world uh, any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your instruction is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So there's a lot in this passage this week. And this passage ends. Jesus' farewell discourse in John's version of the Jesus story, John uh, 14, chapters 14 through 17. This section is unique to John, and, and many scholars have compared it to, to Matthew's Sermon on the Mount because of its size. It, it's central to John's version of the Jesus story, this section of John 14 through 17. And to the original audience of John, the farewell discourse here, it would have been immediately recognizable. They would have recognized it as similar to kind of a last will and testament of a father or a leader of a community uh, who's about to depart, like those found in Genesis 49 from Jacob or or in the Judean document, the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. And I'll put a link to more information on the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs in this week's e-site. But discourses like these were often, again, they were like deathbed in 
instructions to children or or final instructions to followers before a leader departed. And, and, and that's the role this section, these discourses play here in John's gospel. And this segment in John, it represents the tenets of a distinct group that emerged within the early Jesus community. It was referred to as the Johannan community, and it was centered around the writings that were attributed to uh, John. But some of what this community believed and taught Remember, it would become, it would eventually become part of the, the early Gnostic Christian community about a hundred years later. And other portions of this section in John, they would actually provide the foundation for the, the patriarchal orthodoxy that established itself in the, the fourth and fifth centuries of the new church. This, this section of John is what defined um, the relationship. Uh, the orthodox belief in, in what the, re- the the nature of the relationship between Jesus and the Father was in, in the creed. So, just as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew contains Matthew's version of the central teachings of Jesus, these discourses in John fourteen through seventeen they contain the language and the particular perspectives of the Christian Johannan community, which uh, they attributed to Jesus. So, it was pretty central for this community. John 17, 6 through 19, for instance, it's it's part of Jesus's farewell prayer. And this prayer, it was hugely influential again in the process of, of defining the orthodox Christian views of the relationship between Jesus and the Father during the debates and the eventual creeds of the fourth and fifth centuries. But for our purposes this week, the, the love between the Father and Jesus is the theme here of verses one through five, and then the hoped for success of Jesus's followers after the crucifixion and resurrection is the next theme we encounter in verses six through 10. And once we get to verse 11, the focus shifts to concern for the safety of, of Jesus followers in a world to which the Johannan community, they believe they didn't belong. And you find that phrase, they are not of this world any more than I am of the world. Being hated by the world, I want to be very careful this week, even though it's a theme here and and something that was um, needed within the Johannan community, these words, this wisdom, this counsel. It's a theme in many sectors of Christianity today that's been sorely abused. So, so let's unpack this idea just a little bit in this last section of our saying this week and our passage this week, our reading this week. Uh, first, Jesus's gospel of liberation for the oppressed. It was not initially, remember, perceived as good news for everyone. I'm reminded of the words of Peter Gomes in his book, The Scandalous Gospel of Jesus. This is page 31. Good news to some will almost inevitably be bad news to others. In order that the gospel in the New Testament might be made as palatable as possible to as many people as possible, its rough edges have been shorn off, and the radical edge of Jesus' preaching has been replaced by a respectable middle, of which niceness is now God. When Jesus came preaching, it was to proclaim the end of things that are and the breaking in of things that are to be. The status quo is not to be criticized, it is to be destroyed." And an example of this is in Luke's Sermon on the Plain and in Luke 6, 20-26. Certainly the, the poor who heard these words 
or the hungry or those that the present system caused to weep or those that were hated by the elite. They felt blessed by Jesus' gospel of blessing, is blessed of the poor and blessed of these different communities. But those who were rich or well-fed or filled with the, the laughter of luxury uh, and who liked within their own feather, fellow uh, 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 social elite, those that affirmed the present system, they felt cursed. Jesus says woe to them. And in the story, the characters of Herod and Pilate and Caiaphas, they didn't perceive Jesus's teachings as good news. They perceived those teachings as a threat. And in the synoptics, Jesus was loved among the common people, but hated by many of those in power and in positions of privilege so much that it was the, the people's love that in the synoptics, initially protected Jesus, making him very difficult to arrest and even silence. You can find this in Matthew 21, 26, Mark 12, 12, and Luke 20, verse 19. So, in the Gospels, Jesus' followers, they were to expect hatred from the powerful and the elite for whom the teachings of Jesus did pose a threat. Again, you find this in Matthew 10, 22, Matthew 24, 9, Mark 13, 13, Mark 21, verse 17, and, and here in John 15, uh, verse 18. This idea of being hated by the elites, um, this was to be expected. In Luke's gospel, Jesus goes so far as to say, blessed are you when people hate you, in Luke 6, 22. And, and this is where I think the teaching can be abused. It's vulnerable for abuse here. People hating you does not necessarily mean you're on the right path. Even though we have all these passages that say, blessed are you when people hate you. If people hate you, it doesn't mean you're in the right. You could just be a, a, a jerk. And also, too often we conflate criticism and hate. Someone not liking something doesn't mean they want it destroyed. And yet, if you do find yourself being genuinely hated as a Jesus follower, it's important to consider how much social location matters. Ask yourself, who is it that hates you? And what is their social location? If you find yourself being hated by the wealthy, the powerful, the privileged, the propertyed, and those who put profit before people, then you're in the right story. That, that, that resonates with the Jesus story. But what if, as is so often the case within so many, of, so many sectors of Christianity, if we find ourselves challenged by LGBT folks or by women who identify as feminist or womanist or by people who are not white or by those who, who daily struggle economically to scratch out an existence, who feel as if they will never enjoy the privileges of being a, a citizen of this world. What if we find ourselves being challenged by those communities? Then we need to reassess why our story looks so differently from the Jesus story. Jesus was hated, yes, 
But those who hated him were at the center and the top of society to the exclusion and marginalization of others. Jesus was hated by many in the privileged and powerful sectors of his society. Those in the story who lived in a marginalized or disempowered social location, they loved him. So we should first stop and ask if we are genuinely being hated at all. And if we are, we must also realize it's not enough to be hated. We have to ask ourselves, who is it who is hating us and why? If, if we're hated by the same social groups that hated Jesus and for the same reasons, I think then we can claim Jesus's blessing in Luke. But if we find ourselves opposed by the marginalized because we're actually standing between them and justice or obstructing their path toward a society that recognizes their full humanity, then we need to seriously address why it is that our story is so fundamentally different from the Jesus story that we hold so dear. And one last word, uh, unique to the Johannan community is an idea that we are not in this world or, or that we're in the world, but not of it. And whatever this meant for the original Johannan community, it's not life a life-giving teaching today. Uh, separatists at best, it's exceptionalism and possibly even supremacism at worst. Today, we can tell the Jesus story in ways that, like the Jesus of the synoptics, we actually engage this world. We engage our families, our communities, our society, and ways in which we don't withdraw from them. We are part of this world. It's not the world. It's our world. And we're not just passing through. This world is our home. And according to other passages in the Christian scriptures, we are to be about renewing and restoring and, and transforming our world into a safe home for everyone. We find this theme even in Revelation 21, 3 through 5, at the very end of the, the New Testament. So this week, let's get to it. Let's get to work alongside those who are working toward a more distributively just society, one where the full humanity of, of those who are presently being othered is not only recognized, but it's celebrated, it's honored, and it's centered. It's a just, a safe, and equitable home for all. Will we be hated along the way? Maybe. We might be, uh, but let's make sure that our gospel is good news to the same folks that Jesus's gospel was good news for, and then we will at least be able to say that those who hate us hated Jesus too. And if we do, our heads can hit the pillow each night, and whether we're hated or loved, we can know that we're making our world a better place for everyone. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does considering the social location of both marginalized and privileged communities in our society, how does that impact how we read and follow the Jesus story and discuss this with your group? And number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.